How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss, the best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Off and rolling on a Tuesday. Welcome in July 11th, 2023. It's time for the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host, Gabe Coon on Twitter at G underscore Coon 71, former Memphis Tiger Offensive lineman. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show. That would be Connor Dunning on Twitter at cdunning929. Connor, how are your legs feeling after uh, open run last night? <laughs> I'm very sore. Yeah, very yeah. sore. Did you did you play well? I did. Nice. Yeah, we, we played well. We played uh, six games. Went four and two. I'll take it. Rock I'll on. Take it. We did very well. Rock Shout on. out to the squad. Yeah. Now we have three hours to talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. Uh, Devontae Pack charged with a misdemeanor. There was uh, the Shelby County Sheriff's Department yesterday, uh, as we were getting off air, issued an arrest warrant for him uh, due to the assault against Joshua Holloway relating to the incident last July at John Morant's house. Doc Holliday from WMC Action News 5 was on at first. We'll discuss that off the top as well as the home run derby. As far as guests are concerned, 5 o'clock, Jeff Calkins from the Jeff Calkins Show and columnist of the Daily Memphian. Plenty to discuss with him. Uh, six o'clock, as is customary, Christian Fowler from Bluff City Media on the Bluff Podcast just been released uh, with me and him. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. We have plenty to get to with him as well. What he's been up to, uh, well, what the sports watching calendar is giving to him. Talked to him last Wednesday, so it's only been a six day layoff instead of a seven day. But there's still plenty to get to on the uh, Tigers front. Considering what's happened with Mikey Williams, where the Tigers at with Javon Quinterly, we'll cover all that with Christian. Um, also, I, I'm going to go in pretty heavy uh, at the bottom part of, of this first hour. Pat Fitzgerald is officially fired at Northwestern. That happened when we were on the air yesterday. Um, after the administration tried to go about it in a very interesting way, a two-week summer almost vacation, but a two-week summer suspension turned into, in three days, a firing uh, because of the public pressure that was being put onto Northwestern uh, amid the hazing scandal going on with that football program. Uh, I'm going to cover this in a couple ways. Um, One, I think the Northwestern administration handled it poorly. Um, But but two, it's, it's tough for me 
because being part of the football community my whole life and, and dealing with a lot of people in that community, I heard a lot of people trying to brush this off their back. Oh, this happens all the time. Hazing is, is, has been a part of football a long time, and a lot of people need to look over their shoulders. Uh, we could go down a slippery slope with this now that Pat Fitzgerald is hired. And, and you know what I'll say to that? Going down that slippery slope of guys getting fired for not having oversight over hazing in their program. Know what I'll say to that? Good. Good. And it, it seems that I'm one of the few in the football community that is that is sort of taking that stance. But I'll get to that here at the bottom of the hour. And then in the blitz, plenty to get to there. Um, another college football story that's making the rounds today outside of the Pat Fitzgerald situation is University of Georgia. The University of Georgia Athletic Association sent a demand for retraction letter regarding coverage from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Um, it was specifically for a story written by Alan Judd that was entitled The Georgia Football Program Rallies When Players Are Accused of Abusing Women. I'll, I'll discuss that in the Blitz alongside uh, Dame. I mean, Joe Cronin says it's going to take months, Connor. I know you're super enthused about that, right? More, more in the Dame saga? <sighs> this is your favorite story, isn't it? I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of it. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you in the slightest. Now, we did have the home run derby last night. Let's start on a little bit of positive news. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. wins 25-23 in the final round over, over Randy Rosarena. Um, I, I got to be honest. I'm not going to say it's bland because I don't know if, I, if I'm if i going to stand and, and tell you that. I will say I don't know if I loved the format considering we had a guy in Julio Rodriguez hit 61 home, or, yeah, 61 home runs in two rounds and he didn't even make it to the finals. That's a frustrating feeling. And maybe I was on your side a little bit too much, right? He was plus 650. You picked him to win uh, yesterday. You said whoever came out of that Pete Alonzo, Julio Rodriguez part of the bracket was going to win ultimately. But 61 home runs in two rounds, he, uh, he led everybody in that category, and he doesn't make it to the finals. I just find it strange, the, the new format and everything else. Yeah, you know, I am um, I, I, we talked about it, I think, last week, where I think the MLB All-Star Weekend is my favorite of them. But I can't lie, man. For some reason this year, the Home Run Derby just didn't really work for me. It was electric when Rodriguez was out there and yeah. just smacking those home runs with the home crowd. But I don't know. It felt bland's not the right word, but it just it felt like it didn't have as much energy to it, and it felt much slower than it usually is. And I'm not sure I like the matchup pairing, like knocking guys out of it and things like, like that. Like Pete Alonso being out in the first round, having right. won before, is just a little frustrating. Right. But I, at the same time, he only hit 21. Yeah, it's just, this is another year, though, where the guy that hit the most home runs on the night didn't win. And I understand that it's a competition. Well, through the first two rounds. Round to round, it's not things like that. But I don't know. It's I I like the old way. I liked how it used to be, I suppose, is what, I, is what I'm trying to say. And I'm not sure I like the matchups. Yeah, the, the way it used to be with the outs was... <sighs> I like that more. I don't it know put if you want to go... I heard it. somebody mention get juice balls and just see the ball. like <laughs> Just juice them up as much as you can so we can see 550-foot home runs, see them hit them out of the stadium. I don't that, mind yeah. that necessarily. Um but I, I do. It is a little frustrating to see sixty-one bombs through first the first two rounds, and that guy doesn't even ultimately get to hit more in front of the home crowd, mind you, in yeah. front of the Seattle crowd and Julio Rodriguez. Like that's a little frustrating. Uh, Adley Rushman, that was cool seeing that him was from cool. both sides of the plate. He should have hit from the right side the entire time. That was really cool. Um, he's the first the first one to do that in the home run derby, yep. which was awesome. 
Uh, like I said, you know, it's I still think the home run derby is really cool and it and it's fun to watch. It just it didn't live up to I think some of the home run derbies of recent years. Right. And I honestly I like the out format. I like it. it puts pressure on every single swing these guys take. And I don't know, it felt more dramatic to me. Yeah. Yeah, but then in that I don't know. And that I guess you could say this with the with the time as well, but like the pitching with those 10 outs, you better have you better have your your perfect pitcher. You better have Robinson Cano's dad. Yes, you yeah. better have somebody up there ready to go. Um, I also, as a Cardinals fan, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't help but see Adolis Garcia and Randy Arozarena in that first round, and Randy Arozarena ultimately getting to the finals and 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 coming close, I guess. Ultimately, sort of ran out of steam against Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who uh, won along. I mean. His dad won previously. He wins this year. But seeing Adolis Garcia and Randy Arozarena in the home run derby just makes me feel like, damn, what are the Cardinals doing? I'm really happy for for What could have been? But what could have been, though? Yeah, I had the same feeling watching Mookie Betts. (sighs) It's tough, dude. It's tough. Well, Mookie Betts took the bag, brother. No, we didn't give him the bag. They could have paid him, and they just decided not to. Well, but also, they decided a massive bag. No, they traded him. Yeah, but he he, but he knew he was going to get a massive bag. They should have paid the him. Dodgers. He's a generational talent. But, and they, yeah, and they, they we we've talked about this with the Red Sox. It's usually up and down. You never know when they're going to be selling, when they're going to be buying. The new ownership group's not great. It, yeah. it, it used to be like that, but this new group is very. But uh, damn, I have to frugal. watch constantly. Randy Rosarena, Dallas Garcia, Zach Gat, like all these different guys. The Cardinals have had their hands on over the years. I see them thrive elsewhere. It's a frustrating feeling, brother. Uh, Sandy Alcantara. Like, I won the Cy Young last. I'm tired of seeing this, man. They're thriving elsewhere. Tommy Pham does well for himself these days. Like, there's just so many guys over the years that they have traded away for peanuts. It's just, it's not our And they're team awful. Here. And the Cardinals are awful. Like, they, to imagine Adolis Garcia and Randy Arozarena as two of your three outfield pieces. Like, I, it's just, come on. Listen. I'm not saying I'm enjoying Cardinals fans dealing <laughs> yes, with this are. season. Yes, you I'm are. Not. I'm not. I'm not. Because the Cardinals have always been my NL team. They're my okay. guy. I root for the Redbirds. I do. When the Red Sox are out, the Cardinals are the team that I usually root for. It is funny, though, seeing how the fan base has no idea how to deal with losing. Losing. They well, are yeah. y'all are so used to being there's, there's, at least there's, good there's, that when y'all have a truly horrific season like it's been this year, it's it's pure chaos and panic. It, and I, but, I, I am. There's a small part of me that's like, ah. you've heard me discuss <laughs> it's, this. It's a little comedic. You've heard me discuss this on multiple occasions, though. It's frustrating when you've seen the writing on the wall for years. That's fair, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. Cardinals fans are spoiled, and they've seen. I didn't good say year. that. No, it's true. Good year after good year after good it. year. The NL Central's been down. They've been up consistently. But since 2011, uh, after after the World Series, it's just been sort of a downturn. They 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 do the they try to work in the margins, and it just doesn't work out at the trade deadline. If they're in the hunt, they get a couple of old pitchers to try to get them over the hump, and it just doesn't work. It's they just do enough to keep everybody enthused, and this year it just falls off a cliff. And I'm not saying that I I saw you know 10 plus 15 plus games under 500 in the books, but you could see. For a while, under John Mosellock, the the trend of that franchise, and you see all the guys that they could have had their hands on over the years elsewhere, just thriving. That's a frustrating feeling. Absolutely, I totally understand. Definitely a frustrating feeling. One of my favorite tweets I saw recently, though, was a Cardinals fan that was like, "We haven't won 
an NLCS game since 2014. Another <laughs> another fan base is underneath it. We were like, been in the playoffs, they were like, brother. Yeah, yeah. The Reds were like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. They're finally good. Yeah, I'll say this: Cardinals fans can't handle the the, the full struggle, but it is. It's it's still frustrating. It's still frustrating, um, especially when you're considered. Especially in your division. They should be much better. In your division, you're considered one of the best teams. And then historically in the MLB, you're considered fantastic. And when you struggle that way, there is a little bit of uh, maybe maybe spoiled, maybe spoiled baseball fan that comes out. But when you're when you're that bad, damn. It's been tough. Yes, it has. Um now on some not so good news, <laughs> moving on from the home run derby and a little bit of Cardinals. Um Shelby County Sheriff's Department has issued an arrest warrant out for Devontae Pack for assault against Joshua Holloway relating to the incident last July at John Morant's house, where John Morant and Devontae Pack supposedly beat up Joshua Holloway over a check ball. Doc Holliday was first on this from WMC. And it is a it's a misdemeanor. So now Devontae Pack's gonna have to deal with the uh ongoing uh ongoing litigation uh in, in civil court and he's gonna have to deal with a misdemeanor on his name at this moment, I don't know how that ultimately figures itself out, but this is this has become strange. Um, and I, I see this overwhelming sentiment from fan base, from other folks. They just want it to be over. Tired of hearing about it. And I, to be honest with you, it, it, I agree. I really do. This is this is a petty suit, and everything that has come out of this is relatively petty. I've seen fights break out over open runs all the time in basketball, uh, a check ball. Um, things like that, it should never raise to this level. Yet it has, and it continues to linger. This has lingered since last July. It's July now. Like This this has lingered on for a year, and we're finally putting out a misdemeanor and, and giving a criminal charge there to, uh, to Devontae Pack. This has just become strange and annoying in a lot of ways. It really has. It agreed on all the above. It's also been kind of difficult to follow. Like It's, you know, it's been yeah. a bit confusing. Yeah, it has, and I like I, what I, one thing that I am curious about with John Morant and having to fight the civil lawsuit, uh, certain things going on behind the scenes. Like, I wonder how much is being doled out in lawyer fees to try to fight all this, and how this this ends up. Does he recover that money? Like, I, I guess ultimately, I don't necessarily worry about that. But this is a lot of different things, a lot of different people. He's probably having to take care of behind the scenes. I don't know. I do question him and Devontae Pack and their relationship at this point, considering Devontae Pack. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. And, and what we learned about his deposition and talking about Jaws guns, I, I, I have questions about that. But you, you want to see this get put behind Ja and everybody on his side, on his team. You want to see this get put behind because this is a massive distraction heading into next year where you're already going to have a 25-game suspension. You just want to move forward. And I don't know, I don't know how long it's going to take to finally move forward. If this has lingered around for a year, how much longer can it linger? I'm right. sure it can. I'm sure right. it can continue to linger around. Like by the time John Moran gets back on the basketball court, this should be long done. That's the hope. Yeah, <laughs> that's the hope. It's the hope. And now, does the does the hope ultimately come through? Like, does does your hope do enough to get this thing into the rear view? Probably not. Probably not. But um, Devontae Pack, that's the update. Is that uh, the assault against Joshua Holloway? He has a misdemeanor now alongside the civil suit that, that's ongoing. Um, summer League last night, Grizzlies did not fare very, very well, Connor, 100-77. And Amani Bates and Sam Merrill both have Memphis ties and just obliterated the Grizzlies, just killed them. And Sam Merrill, 27 points, he hit eight threes. What was that about? Revenge game, That baby. was insane. Good for him. That's insane. But, but the bigger story is Imani Bates looked good. He looked very good. Now, he hasn't looked great every single summer league game that he's come out and played. Uh, he's, we know about his offensive ability. Um, he's been inefficient some nights. But last night, anything but inefficient. Five for eight from the three-point line, 21 points. I have talked about him. And people may say I haven't been so glowing about what I think about uh, his translation to the NBA. He's 19 years old. He's going to be 20. Um, He's always come from a preferential position. And sometimes it's hard for guys to change their mindset. But what I saw from him last night, like I was was impressed all the way through. You saw some effort on the defensive end. You saw him attacking the basket, getting to the rim that he didn't show in college. Imani Bates, in the end of the day, has a chance to redeem everything that happened uh, throughout his college career. And, and I, I, I think with the Cavs, um, I think he has a chance to do that. I think he could eventually be on, on that bench and potentially contributing for him. Sure. Uh, you know, he's the definition of a diamond in the rough right now. He's also still extremely young. 
He has shown signs of improvement last year in college and so far in the summer league. The big, it, it's kind of like when we talk about Kenny Lofton, not to the same degree. I think I, Kenny, I th- but I, th- I think I know where you're going with this. And I, think I think Kenny Lofton is yes. a much better offensive player right now than Amani Bates. But if Amani can learn how to do everything else on yes. the basketball court, he'll be, he'll be a player. Yeah, he's got the offensive bag. He's got it. He's got to put on weight. He's got to know how to pass the basketball. He's got to play defense. If you can do those things and you can shoot the way you do, there's a spot for you in the NBA for sure. And his ability to like get his shot up, get the lift he's on so it, long. it gets off, it gets off so quick. And he honestly, but based on his measurements, he's not that long. But he play like it's it's like he plays longer than he actually is than he would actually measure at a pro day. But uh, I, I I like what he could potentially be. But it's about doing all of the ulterior things. It's about being better at the rim, defense. How much effort are you going to give? What are you going to do when you when you have to switch onto a great player on the defensive end? Offensively, you're not going to be a guy again coming from a preferential uh, position, like especially with the Cavs. Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell seem to be locked in; like they're going to take shots. If you ever get into the position on the active roster where you're playing rotational minutes with those guys, you're not going to be the one jacking up shots. You may be a catch and shoot guy, and that's that's what you have to accept. It's going to be role acceptance with him, and that's okay. I, I think there's I think there's a there's definitely a spot for him, um, but as soon as he starts to understand that all of the extras, all of the dirty work, all of the other things like we've talked about with Kenny Lofton are the reason uh, that he's going to thrive in the NBA. That's when I think he'll be a good player. But he's got so much. I mean, this is a big swing pick for the Cavs. He's absolutely got the talent to be an NBA player. And like I said, I think it's encouraging to see what he's done, you know, last year and so far in the summer league. He is showing signs of willing improve, like being willing to put in the work to improve. So as long as he stays on that path and he keeps hitting those threes, man, you could see him on NBA court. Yeah. I do wonder, like, talking about this, how do Memphis fans feel about Imani Bates at this point? I'm rooting for him. I think I there's no reason him. not I, to. I mean, I feel like his time at Memphis was marred with maybe being led astray to a certain extent by his pops. And, um, you know, Penny gave him a, a lot of leash when he got here that maybe he didn't need as a 17-year-old. Uh, yeah. Just turning 18. Like, I think there's other reasons that, it didn't work out here, but I think ultimately rooting for the guy, I, I don't think there's there should be an in, insane amount of bad blood. I think there was a time last year where a lot of people in the fan base thought he was going to return to Memphis. That didn't happen. He ended up at Eastern Michigan basically back at home um, for, for certain reasons. He wanted to put up more shots. Uh, and he you know, sure did. Wanted to, wanted to be able to, to shine through where maybe he couldn't do that at Memphis. I don't fully blame him for the decision he made, but I feel like there is a little bit of bad blood within the fan base, you know. There may when be. speaking on Imani Bates. I'm just, I'm not in the business of holding something against a 17-year-old. Right. neither am I. You know what I mean? It's like. Neither am I. And at the same time, he still talks pretty glowingly about Ja and some of the guys here. Yeah, I did I did like to see that. This is, a, like this a, is a, a young kid who his entire life has been told he's the best basketball player on the floor, and then he got to college, and very quickly, it was not that. It, it just, it, that's not the case. His talent couldn't overwhelm people like he's been able to since he was coming up. So he had to adjust his mindset. He, did, he had to adjust a whole bunch of things. I, I'm not going to hold it against him. No, ne- neither am I. I'm rooting for the kid, and I hope all of the misgivings and issues he may have had in college, he can overcome those and be a good player and sort of um, 
contribute at the level he thought he was going to contribute in the NBA previous to all of that nonsense. I hope he goes from being a tale of caution about how we hype up these young kids to being one of the success stories. Yes. That's what I'm rooting for. For sure. And here's the thing about Imani is I don't think, like with some of those guys you get, you do have questions about maybe their want to and where, where their mindset is at. Um, I, I don't. I feel like Amani Bates, for the most part, is willing to put in the work long term to to make himself fit in in the NBA, and I think we're seeing sort of the beginnings of that right now, and that's a, that's a good thing ultimately. Uh, now we do have some summer league games going on tonight. No, no Grizzlies, no Grizzlies, um, but there will be some guys in action. Brandon Miller will be in action, so make sure you check all that out. Um, now. Pat Fitzgerald has officially been fired at Northwestern, and by God, do I have a lot to say about it. One, I think Northwestern and their administration handled this like absolute positive garbage. It went from two-week summer suspension to firing in three days once public pressure hit. You never want to see anything like that. But also, I think there is a massive, massive lesson to be learned uh, in the football community about this. Yes, there should be a lot of other programs looking over their shoulder if they have similar hazing things going along. I don't think Northwestern was the exception. I think that Northwestern is one of many that that lets this continue to happen behind closed doors in their locker room and everything else. But I see a lot of people in the football community excusing it. And I'm not here to do that. I'll tell you why on the other side. 92.9 FM ESPN. Feel They keep trying to tell me All you want to do is use me Back in live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, it's the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. This Pat Fitzgerald Northwestern hazing scandal has hit, hit a string with me, obviously, uh, having been in locker rooms before. I never had to deal with the level of hazing that is being accused basically here, that is being alleged of this Northwestern program. But I, I feel like there's a lot in the football community that are that are ready to uh, completely rid of all evils and sort of talk about uh, how the hazing that is involved here is not an exception, but it's sort of the norm. And, you know, changing it would be really hard to do, but I feel like change needs to be uh, – absolutely facilitated in processes like this. And Pat Fitzgerald being fired may be a, a way to change. It may be a way to have other people think about these things going into the future. But first, I want to start. Pat Fitzgerald being fired, this is, this is wild. This is a wild story. He's 17 seasons. He's the best coach by far ever at Northwestern. And it's not even close. Most successful by a long shot. 110-101. Uh, has been in a Big Ten championship a couple times. Uh, beyond the hazing aspect and whether you think Pat Fitzgerald was implicated enough to be fired, I do have a point that I have to make about Northwestern's administration botching this. And I, I mean that in a very serious way. Uh, Northwestern's administration had a six-month-long investigation that was triggered at the end of last November. So they have been looking into this for a long, long time. And the findings, of course, were not good. You had a whistleblower. You had 11 different guys that were alleging things that happened behind closed doors. Uh, some of the things alleged, naked center quarterback exchange, 
forcible dry humping for wrongdoing. If you missed a sprint out in the summer, they would hold you down, and supposedly there was purge masks, and they do it in the dark, and they dry hump you to try to make sure that you did not miss a sprint again. What the hell are we doing? And even with that, all of the findings they had in this six months in, in investigation, the administration only suspended who they viewed as the accountable party in Pat Fitzgerald for two weeks in the summer. Basically, it was going to be a hiatus. It was going to be a vacation for Pat Fitzgerald. Then, and you got to give credit where credit's due, the Northwestern student newspaper, the Daily Northwestern, did a great job. They got a hold of it. And they did reporting. They did what a good student news organization is supposed to do. We know the journalism school there is fantastic, and they're taught very well. But they did what they were supposed to do, and they looked into it more. And then that is when it all hit the fan, right? The administration didn't see that coming. They tried to do the Friday news dump. They tried to, you know, get out in front of it so it would get out of the news cycle. But that's not how it worked because of all of the good student journalists on campus doing their job. And then all of those damning reports led to public pressure. And you had people asking, is that enough of a suspension? Are you telling us the whole story? Of course they aren't. They're hiding behind their private uh, designation as an institution to not release all the findings of the six-month investigation that they did. And the administration just hid behind every single time throughout this process that private designation. They're still not releasing all of the findings from the, the, the investigation that they, that they conducted. And then more pressure came as a result. So... Ultimately, a two-week hiatus, a two-week summer suspension led to a firing of Pat Fitzgerald, a longtime coach, best coach in the history of that program. And then they asked for an explanation. And I, this is where it really bothers me what this administration has done this entire time. To be fair, I guess President Michael Schill gave an explanation, and the explanation uh, for, for going from a two-week uh, suspension to a firing was just that he had a change of heart after reading the available info again. Really? So nothing new was found in the investigation, and the president of Northwestern just changed his mind after three days of public scrutiny and no new info? That's awfully strange. And it leaves more up for question, right? Right? Of course it does. Of course it does. But good luck getting an answer. Until today, President Michael Schill and A.D. Derek Gragg were not in person to answer these damn questions. The press was trying to get a reach out to them. They wanted to face-to-face. They weren't there. They were on vacation. Schill only responded through letters up to this point. And then you, you read what was happening last night. There was a meeting called for the football program. Pat Fitzgerald, his sons were there. His son, One of his sons, a tight end on the team. Um, but there was a meeting called to announce the firing, and – Neither of them were available. Neither of them were there. Derek Gregg went up there on Zoom for just a moment and then left. And then you had you have players, current players on the team. One guy named Marshall Lang, who's a tight end, said Michael Schill and Derek Gregg didn't even have the balls to show up in person to tell the team too busy on vacation to even care. Embarrassing administration. Charlie Mangieri, who is another tight end, said to Zoom in and to make a statement like this and leave before allowing time for questions has me baffled. Absolutely terrible. They've botched this. And also, Michael Schill, the president, said that the firing was more about the head coach being ultimately responsible for the culture of his team, regardless of if he knew about the hazing or not. Wow, I'll say this. I agree with you on that. I do agree with you there. 
But what about when you only suspended him for two weeks? That thought didn't cross your mind? That's the first thing I thought of. Regardless of if he knew about it, he's supposed to have oversight of the entire program. So you're saying it took three days of public pressure to get you to that conclusion? And you're the president of a higher learning institution, an incredible higher learning institution in Northwestern, and it took you three days to get to that conclusion. Embarrassing. And now Northwestern, being who they, I mean, hiding behind this privatized institution, like, they still refuse to release the full info. They've just released bullet points. Right? They say during the investigation, 11 current or former student athletes acknowledge that hazing has been ongoing within the program. This is never about one former student athlete and his motives. It's much bigger than that. The second bullet point hazing included forced participation, nudity, sexualized acts, degrading in nature. Third bullet point while some student athletes believe hazing was just in jest and not harmful, others viewed it as causing significant harm with long term consequences. <sighs> now, because of this poor handling, by Northwestern, I'm telling you right now, this is not the end. If you've been watching what Pat Fitzgerald put out in a statement, how this is going, this is not the end of this entire saga. Pat Fitzgerald was owed $42 million left on his contract that was supposed to run through 2030. His buyout was upwards of $50 million. Now, they're going to try to say he was fired with cause. I, I mean, I tend to agree, that, agree with that, but when you go from a two-week suspension to a firing that quickly, how much of a cause was there? If, if, if it only caused a two-week suspension, how did it cause a firing? That's the, that's the question that's going to be asked behind closed doors. And, and Pat Fitzgerald hired Dan Webb from Winston & Strawn LLP, which is a massive law firm based out of Chicago. It employs the attorney who led the case that led to, in 2021, the NCAA's 9-0 defeat in the Supreme Court over player compensation, ultimately NIL. So you know how that all went. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. They employ that lawyer. It's $2,000 an hour to employ one of, their, one of their lawyers. Quite frankly, if I'm talking about Pat Fitzgerald and this firing, I get why he's doing this. This all escalated damn quickly, very quickly. 
And on top of it, Pat Fitzgerald doesn't feel like he did all that much wrong. He said in a statement he did not know of the hazing, and the investigation itself made clear that there was no evidence that he knew of the hazing. I'm telling you right now, there's a settlement and or a big court battle on the way, and Northwestern's going to have to deal with that because of how badly they handled that. And then now the question becomes for the, for the student-athletes and everybody on that football program, where the hell does Northwestern football turn now? They fired a legendary coach, and they have to bring in their D.C. David Braun. He takes over as the interim. He came to Northwestern in January from North Dakota State where he was the FCS coordinator of the year in 2021. But I doubt that's permanent. And there's also a report out today that the, the whole staff that's been there under Pat Fitzgerald this entire time is going to keep their jobs. So Pat Fitzgerald is taking the fall for everybody on that staff and everybody on that staff is going to stay around to oversee the program that they couldn't oversee in the, in, on the front end when it comes to the hazing allegations. And I, I mean, for Northwestern football, too, like, that's not a good job, Connor, right? Like, that's just not a good job. Yeah, you, the pros are the Big Ten. You could become, you know, the, the, the power two of the Big Ten and the SEC. You're still a part of that conference. Another pro is that you're in Chicago. You're in a big media market. But the cons are everything else, right? You have recruiting inhibitors. The donor base is more interested in education. Building a roster there isn't easy. Like, you have to accept the talent that is second and third rung because of the educational issues you have to work around. You don't get four and five stars there. You don't. You develop threes and you hope they care about a degree from Northwestern. That's what you're, that's what you're banking on. And to be honest with you, the, the coach, Pat Fitzgerald, the recruiting and on-field, he did a good job with that. There's no doubt about it. And even surface level, if you're a coach around the country and they're reaching out to you about trying to take this job, that was a 1-11 team last year. They're now amid a hazing scandal that you'd have to completely put the kibosh on. And most players at this point are going to have 30 days to transfer. They're annoyed with the administration. Go look at the tweets from all the current players right now. They're going to look to transfer. They're going to have a mass exodus. That's going to make that coaching search go less than ideally. And again, on the Pat Fitzgerald front, you're not going to find another guy like Pat Fitzgerald from a coaching and recruiting standpoint. He embraced that program and its challenges. He's a Northwestern-born son. Even before he was coaching, he was a legend as a linebacker there, college football Hall of Fame guy. He's from Cook County, Illinois. He knows, he knew, knows the Chicagoland area. If you created what you thought you wanted in a coach at Northwestern in a lab or in a video game, that was Pat Fitzgerald from an on-field on standpoint. Now, I, there's some names that have uh, come, come out, and I guess I would get on board with them, but these guys would have to decide they want to take over a miserable situation. Jim Leonard, Paul Christ. Jim Leonard was the D, longtime D.C. at Wisconsin. Paul Christ, longtime head coach at Wisconsin. They're, they're out of jobs. Sharon Moore's the O.C. at Michigan. Maybe he could get involved. David Shaw, out of a job at Stanford. He always embraced uh, all of the, challenge, the challenges that came – with being in a, a education-first institution. And he still recruited well, even up to the very end, and it went bad at the end. Uh, Brian Hartline, I guess, from Ohio State's a name that come up, comes up, and I don't know why he would do it. He could, he could probably sit on his hands with Ohio State, and if Ryan Day ever decides to leave, he'd probably get that job. He's the wide receiver coach 
at Ohio State, and you know how the wide receivers at Ohio State have been. Jameson Williams was a first-round pick. He couldn't break the damn rotation there. Brian Hartline does a great job with those wide receivers, and he's probably due for a head coaching job. But whoever they hire needs to know the Midwest, be able to recruit with academic restrictions, and has to focus on development over talent. They have to focus on that. You're not going to get the high-rung talent. You have to focus on getting guys that you can mold and develop. Now, that that's over. Don't get it twisted. When we're talking about the rest of the country, other programs need to look over their shoulder from this. Northwestern is not an exception here when it comes to hazing. This happens everywhere. Granted, I, I, I feel blessed. I never had to do, deal with anything besides getting in front of the damn team room and singing a song. That was the hazing I had to deal with, you know, carrying uh, seniors, upperclassmen, shoulder pads into the damn uh, facility. That's all I had to deal with. But I'll say this. It happens everywhere. I hope they get exposed too. I hope those programs get exposed the same way. And I got to be honest, Connor, I was embarrassed by a lot of the friends I have in the football community yesterday. And it had to do with the hazing discussion at large. I heard a lot of the, the sentiment of, well, it's, it's the norm. It, you can't change it. You can only change it a little at a time. And I guess I get that to a certain extent. But, man, that's such a cop-out. That's nonsense. That's cowardly. That's cowardly. You can't explain it away that way. At one point, we're talking about norms. At one point, it was the norm to only have white players on your team. At one point, it was the norm to not allow water to be drank, and we gave out salt tablets, for God's sakes. It was a norm to hide concussions. It was a norm to give out painkillers like candy. We could still argue that that it may still be a norm. We could still argue that. And we could, I mean, it was a norm to run the wing tee. Now we spread out and throw the ball everywhere. Make it not the norm. Change. To hell with hazing. To hell with naked center quarterback. That doesn't build men. Doesn't do anything for the people getting involved besides mess their head up. PTSD, mental issues. Steps need to be taken to limit behavior like this. If folks have to lose their job for not getting it under control, so damn be it. It'll make folks think about it before they do such heinous, disgusting, thoughtless things. I can tell you that right now. They'll think about it twice. Coaches will think twice about that, you know, this, is, this feels like what Pat Fitzgerald had going on, the don't ask, don't tell thought process behind, behind how they handle that locker room. Oh, Players, you handle the locker room. You'll think twice about that thought process going forward. And when we have a mindset of, well, it's the norm, we inhibit societal growth with a that's always how, it, how, it, how it's been mindset. And we can talk about this with, the, with um, fraternities, sororities, the whole thing. Now, I grew up in the football community, and I'm going to say this. If you're holding together any form of hazing and allowing it to persist, grow the hell up. Right now. Do it now. Stop making excuses. Stop talking about how folks are easily offended and soft these days. Stop talking about cancel culture and woke culture. Grow the hell up. It's not that complicated. And, and here's the thing. Like more so, like this is what I've learned through all these processes when it comes to hazing and uh, coaches getting ousted for things that they say they don't know about. If we've learned anything from this situation and others, it's less about the morons, the absolute morons who perform these actions, and it's more about the people who stand idly by and allow bad behavior to go unchecked. I'll say that again. It's less about the morons 
who perform the actions and more about the people who stand right there and let that terrible, awful, heinous behavior go unchecked. So freaking check it. That's the only way it's going to get better. We can get better little by little. We don't have to say that's always how it's been. It's just a frustrating thing for me, having been in the football community for so long, to see people just sort of allow it to go unchecked and, and let it be because that's always how it's been. Well, let's change it. And it starts now. Let's start it now. That was tremendous, Gabe. That was great. That was very good. And uh, honestly, someone with your background and experience and position that you have, speaking truthfully about that, I think is important. So I appreciate it's, you it, doing that. Man, it's just so frustrating. It's, it's not like, easy. Because when it comes down to what we're, what what is being alleged at Northwestern, People will always sort of hide behind the hazing, paying your dues and making a man out of you. None of that makes a man out of you. It's all BS. It's it's garbage. And, like, you've had to deal with this as well. Like, yeah. we, we talk about Tennessee rushing a fraternity. Like, there are things that just need to go check. We need to check these things. Yeah, I mean. They I, don't do anything good for anybody. Um, we I, create, we create. But here's the thing. We create lifelong issues for guys by what they have to go through in a football locker room with hazing, what they have to go through in a fraternity with hazing. We create lifelong mental issues for people. And it's got to change, man. You can't hide behind woke culture, cancel culture. This is soft. We're getting soft. This generation can't handle the can't handle what we what we handled in our day. I don't give a damn. We grow and evolve. We change norms. We fix things that are bad. Let's do it now. Let's fix this. <laughs> Without a doubt. Um you know, I have a very personal relationship with hazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, right. to be completely honest, I've never really talked about this on air. I think a lot of people know that I have, you know, I went to Tennessee. I was in a fraternity at Tennessee. Um, I won't say which fraternity, but I think I've said it before. Uh, I won't say it right now, though, in, right. no, in the I purposes get it. of this. I get it. But, you know, when I came out of high school, I was kind of lost. I uh, I blew out my elbow playing baseball. That was my identity. I was a baseball guy. I was a baseball sports guy. I, the movie stuff hadn't really hit me yet. I didn't really figure out what I had a passion in life for, what I loved. Um, and I decided to join a fraternity right. because I thought that was going to be an identity. I thought that could be a group that would be similar to what it felt like to be on a team. Right. And not, That's not what uncommon it was at process. first. I really bought in. I was really hopeful that this was going to be a group that was going to be a part of my life for a very long time. And unfortunately, I discovered that sometimes, I'm not saying all of them, but some of these systems will take advantage of young people who are simply trying to find a place to fit in or to be part of a right. group. And you'll go along with these things. You'll suffer through some things. Um, that are that just should not be done to people. And once I became initiated and realized all of it was BS, not just the hazing, all of it, it was so disappointing and so heartbreaking to realize yep. that what none of this actually matters, that none of it matters. Right. If we're really trying to build up a brotherhood and a relationship, why are we humiliating yep. these people? Why are we treating them like dirt? Because I can tell you right now, it created strife. It yeah, created of course groups. It did. I pushed back against it. Right. I hated it when I was a quote unquote brother. 
Yeah. I would grab kids, bring them in my room, feed, literally feed people, <laughs> let them sleep, things like that during Hell Week. I told you some stories that I just right, can't repeat course, on yeah, air no, that happened don't, to me. Don't, don't repeat them on air. Um, and there's a reason I don't really have a relationship with that place anymore. And it's a lot of it was because of things that happened from me pushing back against everything. And it really sucks that they make you feel like the bad guy for be, just being like, listen, we shouldn't do this to people. There's no point in doing this. This isn't the way it should be. If we're really trying to create a community here of people that are uplifting one another and trying to work towards something, why are we making people drink until they black out? Why are we hit, literally being physical with people yeah. in situations that you should not be physical with? There's no place for it. There's right. no place. The pranks are, yeah, those are fun. Like making people sing, making them tell funny stories. <laughs> fine. Pay, doing things like, like that. And like with a football program, paying your dues is fine. But as a young guy. Something, I'll just straight it. Something happened to me during hazing that right. affected me for a very long time. And I don't think I actually really got over it until right. recently, until the last few years when I found who I was as a person. Me not knowing who I was going into college and then getting brutally hazed and then finding out it was all BS, yeah. it completely spit me into a, sent <laughs> it me does. into a tailspin. I didn't know who I, it didn't help me. It hurt me. Right. It made it worse. I'm, it yep. affected me mentally. It, it's one of the, just straight up, it's, I came back for an internship in Memphis. I was going to come back anyway because yep. of the stuff that happened. And it really sucks that when people come out and they try to speak up against it, they are looked at as weak. Or, yeah, that's insane that's not, to That's me. not what we do. Or it's, but this is how it's always been. I, I had to why? go through it. Why don't you? Why, why do you feel like you it's, have, don't have it's to go silly. through it? It's silly. Here's the thing. It's like I saw people, especially in the football community, talking about, you know, in, almost in a negative light, like how many other people are going to get exposed. I don't care. Expose them good. It needs to be. It needs to be out there. And if people have to get fired to learn the damn lesson, fire them. Even if they're not necessarily implicated and they were just about like Pat Fitzgerald was just supposed to understand. He needs to, to, to have more uh, control of his program. If that needs to happen to facilitate change, by God, do it. It has real effect on people. It does. For, it does. for years. And for it, years it, and years. And it frustrates me, this sort of tough guy, meathead mentality that, that, that continues to perpetuate. Throughout, especially football circles. It's just stupid. It's stupid. And well, I'll leave it at that. We'll talk to Jeff Calkins on the other side right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles. 
And Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.